and welcome to the It Might Get Better podcast. Today's episode is all about Death Note, so grab your apples and enjoy the show. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Madeline Rickett. I am a communication student with a concentration in broadcasting and journalism. Welcome to my podcast. It's called It Might Get Better. So today's episode is a little interesting because this is my very first like off the cuff completely not completely unplanned but like I I plan out my episodes pretty well I usually have paragraphs written out for myself this is why I chose the structure of the podcast that I did because it's I don't have any set topics I can literally just talk about whatever I want and today I wanted to talk about one thing in particular how is everyone doing this week I hope you guys are doing well I know a lot of really scary and not fun things are happening in the world right now. I know I'm stressed with school and finals week is about a month away, so we're all going through it right now. I hope that we can just take this time to just kind of take some breaths and have a good time. So today I will be talking about an anime that I finished recently and cannot stop thinking about, and that is Death Note. Next week, I'll probably be going back to a mental health topic. So if anime is just like not your thing, totally get it. So you're more than welcome to come back next week. Or if you just like the sound of my voice, you're welcome to stay. This episode is also going to be absolutely filled with spoilers, which you could probably tell from the title in big letters. It says spoiler filled. So for those of you who have already watched it, or never plan to watch it, you guys are welcome to stay. If you do plan on watching it and don't want to be spoiled, I will see you next week. But before I begin, I also do want to touch on that it would be really hypocritical for me to talk about Death Note, which is an anime and part of Japanese culture, and not mention the Stop Asian Hate movement. It's really easy for us to consume parts of Asian culture like anime, like drinking bobo or eating sushi, and then not say this. And that's not right, and we need to stand up for the Asian community right now because they're facing a lot of hate crimes against their elders due to the stigma that was placed on them from the coronavirus, the wrongful stigma. And I'm going to link some resources below if you want to know more about how you can help. Also, the Black Lives Matter movement is incredibly important, and there's a lot of cases going on related to that right now. I will also be linking some Black Lives Matter resources. With all that being said, Let's get into Death Note. So I watched Death Note with my good friend Allison. We wanted to watch it together because we like had both seen, I think, some of it, but it was a while ago and we were both like, from what we remember, it's an incredibly dark anime and I don't think we should watch that alone. Over the past couple months, we've been dedicating like Zoom sessions because we're long distance and dissecting it and it was so much fun and I think definitely like watching it with someone and being able to completely tear it apart with another person just really helps you get the most out of it because it is such a complex and layered and intricate anime and one of the best ones that I've ever seen. I am notorious for not finishing anime. I am absolutely terrible at finishing anime. I just don't finish them for whatever reason even though I love the art medium. I think it's great. I think the stories are great but I'm just so bad at actually finishing anime. (laughs) I think it's because a lot of the times it's so good that I don't want it to end 
or I think a lot of times it gets to a point where I get busy again and I don't have time to watch things. And then when I do have time, it's not the first thing that I reach for, even though I love it. But this one I can add as the... No, this is the third anime that I have ever finished. The first being Sword Art Online, which for those of you that watch anime, I know. (laughs) It's like not great. The beginning was so good. And then it just went so downhill. And then the second one being Given, which I will probably be doing an entire separate episode on that. I need to rewatch it because it was so freaking good. And then Death Note. So I guess I'll start at the beginning with the opening sequence. For those of you that are, I know that my friends are here and they don't watch anime. I bully them to listen to my podcast as I should. For those of you that don't know, anime opening tracks come in like two parts, if that makes sense. For the first half of a season, they have one opening track. And then for the second half of the season, they have a second opening track. It's so, it's such like a cool part about anime. (laughs) So with the first one, the first one is superior in my eyes. I love the first opening track. I think it was amazing. And I think there was so much, I, I wrote this down in my notes as religious imagery being really haunting. The creation of Adam, but with Light and Ryuk and the apple. That part at the end where he's like standing in front of, I want to say it's a picture of Jesus, he being Light. Maybe I should talk about what Death Note is about first for those of you that don't know. Death Note follows Light Yagami and in this world there are Shinigami or Gods of Death. And one of the Gods of Death named Ryuk drops his death note into the human world. And the death note is the notebook where if you write someone's name down while visualizing their face, that person will die in 40 seconds. And you can also write the cause of death and you can control them for a certain point up until they die. And it is Light Yagami of all people that stumbles upon the death note in his schoolyard. And he uses it to try and become the god of the new world. That's like a very basic summary. Again, for those of you who don't know anything about Death Note, I highly recommend it, especially for people that don't like anime because it is one season, 33 episodes, and it's an absolutely incredible story. But yeah, the religious imagery in the opening sequence is absolutely haunting. I wish I could remember more of it right now. I might watch it. (laughs) Okay, so I just rewatched the intro. For one, why is Misa's character design in the intro like so dramatically different than what it is for the rest of the show? That's like a side thing. The song is so good. I absolutely bop to it. Again, there's like I guess there's only two circumstances of religious imagery, but like the creation of Adam and then I think he's standing in front of an archangel or just an angel and he has this very like Jesus-like pose and both of those are incredibly disturbing and haunting because that's how he views himself. He views himself as a god and I uh, hate that. And then, of course, like the bloody hand imagery, the imagery surrounding Light and L. L is the detective investigating who light is. Or so basically light starts killing a bunch of people using the death note, mostly criminals who get broadcasted on TV. He's like, they're criminals. They shouldn't be around. They don't deserve to be here. They start to associate the person or thing because they don't know doing these killings. They start calling him Kira and Kira. So light is the one in, no, I confuse their names all the time. So I'm sorry. L is the one I might just call him by his given name, which is Ryuzaki. Ryuzaki is L. 
This anime is really confusing. I'm so sorry. So Ryuzaki is the one that is investigating Kira. The Japanese police are also investigating Kira. Plot twist, head detective of the task force is Light Yagami's father. And Light Yagami is still a student at this point. I think it starts when he's like 16 or 17. And so he has to hide the fact that he's literally killing people from his father. It becomes like a battle of wits between Light and Ryuzaki or L. And it's very intense. Uh, the way that the show starts out, it starts out very dark. You know, you get surprised a lot and your morals get kind of tested because you're like, well, like that's killing people, but he's also doing it for a good reason. And I think at first, and I'm not at all defending Light at all. I hate the man. I think he's an excellent character, but I hate the man. But you know, at first you're like, Maybe he's actually doing this for good. Maybe this will be a good thing. You start to think about like what you would do in that situation where only criminals were being killed, but very quickly turns into not that <laughs> because people start tracking him down. And so he kills more people, anyone who defies Kira, anyone who gets in his way, anyone. And his methods start becoming more violent and he starts becoming crazier and his logic starts to become more skewed, but it starts out really serious. And then at some point, at the part where Light loses his memory of the Death Note because he gives up possession, it's like when he's locked up. This, I feel like I just need to remind everyone that I have ADHD and trying to explain this anime to people who have not seen it is incredibly complicated. So sorry to my friends that I know haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm trying my best though. <laughs> if you give up possession of the Death Note, all memories associated with the Death Note leave your brain and you go back to being whoever you were before the Death Note. Light is locked up and he loses all memory of the Death Note and for that period of time, he then gets recruited by Ryuzaki to join the task force, the Kira task force, and find out who Kira is. And oh my gosh, this is where Misa comes in we'll get there. But during that time, it's almost a sitcom at that point. Like it's kind of crazy how like funny that part of the show is. And like, you're laughing at the characters. And I remember when I got to that point, I was like, is this show going to be serious again? And then it gets to the point where Light regains his memories of the Death Note because he comes in contact with the pages again. That's when the tension really starts to build exponentially again. That entire arc, I think it was great for not getting tired of the tension. And I think it was great for not getting bored. I think it was a good break in between. So you can have some time to not only like get attached to the characters, but also like get to know everyone. And the story further complicates from there. Gosh, I've been going for 16 minutes and I'm not even like, I am three points down on my list. <laughs> so let's talk about Misa. Misa is the absolute love of my life. When the show started out, I absolutely hated her. For those of you that don't know, another Shinigami about halfway through the series drops a second death note into the human world and Misa is the one that picked it up and she traded half her life for the Shinigami eyes. The Shinigami eyes allow you to see the name and lifespan of everyone. Light did not make that trade, Misa did. And Misa is obsessed with Kira and eventually Light because Light is Kira. And I thought she was so annoying at first. I hated her voice. I was like, why is she that high pitched? Why is she so obsessed with him? 
Like she's just annoying and she eventually became my absolute favorite. I love Misa so much. I think she's such a fun character. I think she was a great addition to the story and added a really great complex layer of what happens now when there's two Kiras working side by side and how does that help light? How does that hinder light? She's also one of the only female characters in the show, I might add. And her bright personality just really like lifts us out of like the dark moods that this show can put us in. And I also want to say that again, I love Death Note, but this show did not pass the Bechtel test even once. And I don't even need to like go back and check. <laughs> the Bechtel test is when two women have a conversation. I think there's a little bit more to it, but it's like two women have a conversation for at least 30 seconds that is not about a man. And it did not pass it one time. There is Light's mom, Light's sister, Misa, and forgive me if I'm wrong, I can't remember if it's like Takana or Takada, who becomes the host of like Kira Line or whatever, that show where she talks about Kira's will, and all of them are obsessed with Light. <laughs> and all the women were incredibly sexualized, including Light's sister once she had grown up, because they do like a jump five years later, and everyone's ogling at Light's sister, and then she never comes back. It is incredible incredibly, incredibly influenced by the male gaze. Misa was constantly sexualized. Misa was locked up at the same time that Light was. The way that she, like he, like Light just got to be in a cell. Misa, on the other hand, because they knew that she, at that point, they did know that she was also the other Kira. But the way that she was tied up, there were straps around her breasts and down her legs, accentuating her crotch. <laughs> and it was so incredibly sexualized. And I was like, this is not necessary at all. But they did it because they were perpetuating the male gaze. Additionally, when Takada or Takana, I really can't remember, I'm so sorry, gets kidnapped by Mello, she is told to strip. The reason I don't think was ever really explained, the reason was lost on me personally. And she was told to strip and then she was given a blanket to cover herself with. But the way that she covered herself while I was watching it, I was like, no woman would ever like if they were in like a situation where they thought they were going to be kidnapped, they would absolutely never cover themselves like that. Like she was covering herself. So the back of the blanket was to her back. And then like she was using the front, like the two ends to like cover her chest and like expose her legs. And like no woman would ever cover themselves like that in that type of situation. Like it was totally to accentuate her legs. It was totally to show off a cleavage. And I think that that is unfortunately a big problem with Death Note is it's super male gazy. Light doesn't take any woman seriously. He eventually trusts Takada and this other guy that I can't remember who refers to Kira, well, he refers to Light as God. That is the funniest thing I have ever seen was when I think Light called him on the phone and he answered it as God, but he entrusted him with the death note and that ended up being his downfall, which like we're gonna get into the ending in a minute, but he trusted him and not Misa. Even though if Light had said, hey, don't make any moves until this day to Misa, she would have actually done it, but he wanted to trust a man. There was also no women on the task force. Oh, oh my gosh, I forgot about this other woman who was in the intro and I forgot to talk about. The American FBI agent who Light killed at some point, I think it was with like the bus hostage situation. The wife had really figured it out and she was incredibly smart and incredibly sharp. She wasn't sexualized. She was brilliant and she was a great character. And she, even though she was only around for like an episode or two, but 
I mean, obviously I know that for the purposes of the show, for Light to not get caught, she had to die. But they still killed her off. And the other woman that was, okay, so I was wrong. There was a woman on the task force who wasn't brought in until much later. And she like rode a motorcycle and she was this great con woman. And I was so excited about her character. I think we only saw her like a couple times. So again, love Death Note, love the show. But its treatment of women was quite honestly quite atrocious. And I think it I think it could have done better. Oh, and she was also killed off for the purposes of Light needing to be God. And Light as a character was so interesting. I might just go right into the ending because this is why I'm here. <laughs> I would not have made an episode about Death Note if the ending had not blown me away like it had. It has been a really long time since I have been stunned into silence by an ending of anything book, movie, show, what have you. This was the first time in a really long time where the ending absolutely shook me to my core. So I'm gonna set the stage for those of you that don't know about Death Note. Oh god, I forgot Tsuriyazaki or L eventually gets killed by Kira or Light as well. And so that investigator is gone and turns out that L actually is an academy of, well, there was an L before Ryuzaki and there will be L's after Ryuzaki, or in this case, it was Nier and Mello. You might remember me mentioning Mello earlier. So I think there were two heirs to L, to Ryuzaki, and that was Nier and Mello. And Nier was the one that got chosen, Mello was not. And so Mello went off the deep end, he got into organized crime. Nier, on the other hand, became the new L. So he was going by N actually because Light decided not to tell anyone outside of the task force that L had died and he decided that he was going to pretend to be L. But then Nier contacted the task force and was like, hi, I'm L. And then Light was like, no, I'm L. And then the whole thing ensued from there and like they started investigating together while Light was trying to like get them off his tracks. And eventually it got to the point where they were setting up a meeting time and the guy that got trusted to do his bidding and write down the names in the death note for light so that he wouldn't get caught so Nier's task force is actually investigating light's task force and light in general it's so confusing but you know they start investigating him and then they like do a little switcheroo with the death notes and they arrange to meet they meet up they come to the location and Nier is like okay so surprise you guys there's a guy outside and he's gonna write all of our names in the death note. But the thing is, it's not actually the death note. So whoever's name isn't on the list, we're gonna know that that's Kira because he reveres this Kira as a god. So it'll be pretty obvious who it is. Like why would he kill his own god? So that's what's gonna happen. And Light's over here laughing his little butt off internally because he's like, they're so dumb. We knew they were going to switch the death notes. And so we hid the real death note and he's actually going to be using the real death note to kill everyone. Ha ha ha. So he believes that's what's happening. And the guy, he writes down the names and 40 seconds pass. And because Light just can't contain himself, he says, well, near, looks like I win. And then no one dies. And then the most amazing thing happens, Light loses his composure. Now I'm gonna be talking about this for a hot minute because it's incredible how this happened. I'm gonna start off by saying, um, I am not a sub versus dub elitist. In fact, I'm not an anime elitist. Whatever anime you have access to, if that's on full Crunchyroll membership or if that's Netflix, do you, that's all valid. And if you prefer dubs to subs, that's perfectly valid. I don't care. <laughs> 
I really hate people that are so elitist about it. However, I will say this. In my opinion, the Death Note dub is kind of bad. And I think it really destroys, well, not destroys, it just, it makes Light's character way different because Japanese communication style is just different than American communication style. And that's neither good or bad or here or there. But as far as how the character was intended to be, here's what I mean. In the American English dub version. He's very expressive. He shouts a lot. He yells a lot. If you guys are on TikTok, there's a bunch of sounds that are out using the American dub. It's like, look at that, Elle. This is my perfect victory. That's right. I win. And there was no other way the world had to be fixed. Both of those are great examples of his very expressive voice. Oh, and the iconic line, I'm gonna take a potato chip and eat it. All of these things in the American English are just very dramatic, very over the top, and that's just not Light's character in the Japanese version anyway. And so with the dub, he's very calm, cool, collected, only raising his voice in his thoughts a couple of times. And what, what makes this ending so much more impactful is when he gets caught and everyone knows in the room that it's him, when he loses his composure and starts yelling and breaking down and doing anything he can to get out of it, it is complete departure from that character that we have known to be very calm, cool, collected, calculating. I don't even know how to describe it. It was incredible to watch. I honestly, like throughout the anime, I was going back and forth. I was like, it could go either way. He could either win or lose. It's absolutely anyone's game. And I think that there's a little bit of that going on in the show itself when you even start to view Light as a little bit infallible. His logic is always pretty much infallible. He rarely, if ever, messes up. And you start to think maybe he can win. Maybe he should. Does he deserve to win if he's been continuously doing this well? And even though you know he's just a man and that he's not a god, you know, I remember I was thinking like, if he does win, how is he gonna live forever? I'm like, he's been able to figure out everything else up until now. He might be able to figure out something in that range too. I think one of the most humbling lines in the last episode, I am the god of the new world. The world had to be fixed, like everything, this and that. And then Nier was like, you're not a god. You're a sociopathic serial killer nothing more, nothing less. And that hit so hard. Oh my God. I still am not over it. And he starts absolutely going ballistic. Just the absolute degradation, degradation, I can't say that word, of his character in this moment is incredible to watch. I did not think that watching Light lose would be satisfying. Truly, I thought that he was probably going to win. Well, okay. There was a lot of points where I thought that he was probably going to win. And I did not think that watching him lose would be satisfying. I thought that that would be too much of a like classic ending. But this ending absolutely humanizes him, which is the point. He gets shot and he is doing anything he can to get out of this. And he calls for Takeda and Misa. Takeda, who he killed, and he burned like five pages of the Death Note with her, which was stupid. And Misa, who he's treated like garbage, he was calling out to them being like, where are you? Help me. Like being so helpless, watching him be helpless was insane. And then watching him run away. He has nowhere else to go. He has nowhere else to go. And yet he's running anyway. They 
make that montage, that sequence of him running so incredibly sad that you almost feel bad for him. Like I wanted to cry while he was running away with the gunshots and his torso and arm. He makes it to a staircase and Ryuk talks about how everyone who takes the death note from a Shinigami, that person is destined to die by that Shinigami's hand at some point or another. And Ryuk was like, there's no way out for you. And I don't want to wait around for you to get out of jail. So this was fun. And he dies. It was stunning. It was creatively impactful and amazing. I'm, I'm still not over it. Oh, and my friend brought up this point there's this one detective on the task force who never suspected light for a second and he was always considered the dumb one and he believed light the whole time and he was the one that got to shoot l i mean that got to shoot light and i just i agree with her when she said this i am so glad that he got to be the one to do that because he believed in him the entire time and he brought up his father his father who was on the task force died <laughs> because of L, because of light, Jesus, because of light, he died because of light. He was in tears saying like, did your father die for nothing? And light was all like, he didn't have to, like we just live in a world where people like him end up the losers, I can change that. It's like, no, you just straight up killed your dad. And he shot him. Just that entire ending is absolutely incredible. There's just so much to love about this anime. I think it's one of the best animes period. Uh, there's a reason why it's had such a cultural impact. Even if you have never watched Death Note, you probably know what the Death Note is. You probably have heard the names Light L and uh, Death Note. It's absolutely one of my new favorites. I could not stop thinking about it for days. As soon as I finished it, I started like screaming. <laughs> Ow. But yeah, this anime became like my heart and soul and I want to be Misa for Halloween at some point. I can see myself rewatching this for years. <laughs> I hope that anyone who has not seen the anime, I know I just spoiled like a lot of it, but you did decide to click on it for one. But if I did convince you to watch it, I absolutely highly recommend it. However, there are of course very obvious trigger warnings of like death. It's very mild gore, but still gore. And just in general, really dark themes. So as someone who has a lot of triggers surrounding those themes, I felt very comfortable and safe while watching it, especially since it is an anime. And so it's not as hard to watch as like real people, if that makes any sense. And I can also do some more research on the trigger warnings and put those in this in the description for anyone who's interested. But yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> I know I said last week that the episode was longer and I kept that in because I didn't want it to be any shorter when I was talking about how long it was because at that point when I recorded it, it was 28 minutes long and I was like, cool, with some basic editing, I can get it like, it'll probably be like 25 minutes. It was 22, which is only like a couple minutes longer than most of my other episodes. This one, I literally only had like a couple bullet points for. So that's what I mean when I say it was completely unplanned. And so I think I'm going to start doing more episodes like this because I go on tangents <laughs> when things are unplanned. And it is now 42 minutes later. I have absolutely no idea what the final cut is going to be. I don't know how I'm going to order this, which is why I usually plan it out because I, I like having my thoughts be linear. I plan it out a lot more than how I did it this time. I hope you like the length because I, this is what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to accomplish having a bit of a longer episode. Maybe I can cut it down to 30 minutes. So yeah, Death Note blew my mind. It's an incredible anime. I love it. Amazing characters, amazing plot, amazing pretty much everything except for the treatment of women, which 
uh, isn't like not great. But yeah, I hope everyone has had an amazing week and will continue to have an amazing week until I see you next time. I have had a really great week. I got hired for a job and I am so excited about it too. I'm celebrating with my friends tonight and just a lot of good things have been happening in my life recently. And so I want to give all that energy to you guys. Just take care of yourselves, take care of your mental health, especially during this really difficult time. Watch some anime, read some books, and next week we'll be going back to uh, mental health topics. So yeah, I look forward to discussing that with you all. Take care of yourselves and have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next time. Time for the outro. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you to Ben Ranzinger for the intro and outro music. Please check out his work at Ben Ranzinger on Instagram. I would also like to thank Lauren Alice for the graphics and Jasmine Hodgson for the photos. You can find Jasmine's work at jasminehodgson.photography on Instagram. Thank you so much and see you next week.